Okay, thank you. Well, I'm going to pick up where Simona left on countries of origin and um, the transition context. Um, because I'm looking at the impact of is sending state uh, policies on migration dynamics. And I'm also looking at Latin America, um, some, some countries that are less uh, explored in comparison to, to others in the, in the literature. Um, and, you know, it's a growing literature that has addressed the questions of why these countries try to reach out to their immigrants and uh, the timing, the scope of these policies. We know, we know quite a bit about that, uh, but we still know very little about the impact of these uh, policies, whether they uh, achieve their intended effects or not, and uh, what the implications are. So my paper uh, in this case is, uh, is part of a broader project with other cases too. Um, I'm so sorry. I I was saying that I'm taking only from that project only four cases and um, and a few insights on um, on how um, some migrants and, uh, are responding to these policies. Uh, I did some field work on, on some of the destinations, preferred destinations for uh, people from the southern cone in Madrid, Milan, and, and Genova, um, and uh, including those narratives and those insights, uh, putting together that with the perspective of, of states. From, uh, if, uh, in political science, it, it may be very common for sociologists and anthropologists that attend these conferences, but it, the, the exercise of putting together and integrating those views is relatively uncommon still in, in the Russian relations or in political science where, where I work. So um, briefly, what states have done is, I'm going to focus on a few instruments and only on those instruments that have to do with politics, um, not on, for instance, how they try to channel or capture remittances and the sort of uh, economic initiatives they implement, not in this paper at least. Um, so in, in terms of how to strengthen the links with the, with the immigrant community and <clears throat> and with uh, expats, uh, then they have used similar uh, policy tools. Um, one of them uh, involves a symbolic realm and the, the discursive realm. Uh, they have made a shift in the way they address these uh, immigrants and the, the way they name them. Um, some of these governments have coined special phrases to address the immigrants in a in more friendly way and basically to embrace them within the notion of nation and to uh, make them uh, participants of a process of reconstruction in the case of countries that have been going uh, serious serious uh, economic crisis and, and political instability uh, and also to make them stakeholders in a process of national development that they want to to encourage uh, results in this realm uh, in, well there are differences in the modality of implementations uh, but um, results in general are, are mixed because um, there is a sort of uh, tension between this uh, discourse that emphasizes, especially in, in Latin America, human rights, the protection of immigrants, the, um, the embracing of them this time, and, uh, and then the, the concrete investment in uh, enfranchising them and uh, entitling them to exert some, some rights. Um, so there's an tension between this pluralistic human rights-based discourse uh, that governments use and their um, policies that uh, are 
in the economic realm are based on, on a neoliberal view of uh, putting the responsibility of development on the, on the shoulders of, of migrants, while at the same time they call their projects post-neoliberal ones in, in the sense of making a link between uh, equity, development, uh, incorporation, social agenda, rights, and bringing back the state. So there's that tension that when I uh, incorporate the views of migrants, it's, it's clear because they take note of that and that conditions the response to, to policies. Um, say, uh, migrants will, will argue that yes, uh, governments call us to, to, uh, to be incorporated, but at the same time they don't deploy any real resources or, or a comprehensive strategy to uh, develop partnership links with us. So then uh, they note this uh, gap between uh, rhetoric and commitment or uh, resources really in invested in them. Um, the area of uh, political rights or enfranchisement, it's, uh, it's still more telling than this. Um, they have um, work on, uh, governments have worked on uh, three main areas. They had to do with giving participation or seats uh, for, uh, for the immigrant communities in, in Congress, um, passing bills or reforms to allow extraterritorial uh, voting rights, or um, allowing uh, dual citizenship or allowing uh, citizen retention in the case of naturalization. Um, and then uh, that is again uh, an area of tension because um, some of these uh, reforms have been advancing um, in a very slow way with facing the resistance even of domestic societies to incorporate those who are abroad um, because um, you know they are considered um, still people who do not live in the country and um, and do not have the right to decide about what's going on in the country if they are not really uh, physically there. Um, so for instance Uruguay is a, is a telling case of the difficulties of passing this, this reform and of the uh, dual use of deterritorialization deterritori and re-territorialization re in that case because they, uh, there is a divide clearly in society and in the political elite on how to conceptualize the nation with territorial basis or without. And, and the project is still there, it's probably to be, um, uh, to be launched uh, again next year for, for the next elections, but uh, still facing uh, serious resistance. Uh, the third area of involvement has to do with institutional developments. Um, and institutional uh, update, um, most of these countries have created special offices to address the needs and the claims of, of immigrants, uh, either creating offices or upgrading the existing ones, uh, changing practices within consular services, but again, there's, a, there's an area of contention there with the old um, bureaucratic agencies uh, used to play a totally different assistentialist-oriented role uh, instead of one of uh, building partnership and, and, and so with, with immigrants. Um, and there's legislation update that um, has changed the has tried to reflect this new approach to, uh, towards uh, migration, which is now introduced in, all, uh, in some constitutions and in some national laws as, as a right and, um, and institutionalized um, in, in several uh, articles. Uh, again, some of these institutional legislative um, changes <coughs> have created uh, unexpected results. They, they are uh, allowing, for instance, dual 
nationality or retention of, of dual citizenship, for instance, facilitated in, in times of uh, crisis, of economic crisis, massive uh, migration from, from the southern cone to uh, Italy and, and Spain. Um, and not only that, uh, that has uh, consequences for the rest of the, of the region in, in the sense that the strategies of some of these communities is not to, um, to land and to settle down in the country of, of, uh, where they have uh, the, the second passport, uh, but to really circulate within the Schengen area uh, and to even, like in the case of, of Argentina, to disappear within that instead of... Um, uh, retaining their, their links or their own um, diasporic uh, networks. Um, so that makes it much more difficult for countries to trace them and to, to engage them with, um, in, in some form with the, with the countries of origin. Uh, the last uh, area is the, the one of what people call also uh, linkages policies, in particular that is perhaps the, uh, the more specific one, in, in which some countries have developed um, um, programs, um, not only the, the use of uh, technologies and so to, to promote the, um, the registry and the, um, and the, the involvement of, of migrants with the home country, but, but also specific programs like, uh, you know, Mexico is a, is a pioneer in that, in that sense to, um, to strengthen the organizational um, efforts of, of uh, migrants to um, increase or to offer, suppose, training programs for leaders to increase their capacities to organize and to lead organizations, associations, and so. Mexico has even gone farther to, um, to offer in the U.S. programs uh, that facilitate the integration of immigrants to the host community, all kinds of welfare um, uh, programs in education, health, and other. So in that sense, uh, what countries of origin can do is subject to a, a, a sort of a, a innovative capacity. Uh, now what these cases are showing is um, you know, this is more than uh, capturing the, the resources, obviously. Um, my mm, particular way of looking at, uh, at this is, coming from, again, from international relations, is, is how these efforts to uh, reach out immigrants are contributing to shape um, networks of transnational governance that do not depend on the collaboration only on sending and receiving states, but on private in public actors, uh, for instance, some of these programs I, I just mentioned, uh, welfare programs for the, for the migrants in the destination. Those rely on, say, in Italy, in non-governmental organizations for their implementations, for instance, Caritas or so. Uh, they, some others obviously rely on the goodwill and, and the capacity of, uh, or the, the disposition of, of uh, host governments to implement those uh, policies or to collaborate. So there's an area of collaboration or cooperation that is open, but it's open not in the traditional sense that we used to do to, to study um, between governments or, or nation states, but also involving uh, non-governmental actors in, in certain policy networks that vary depending on the destinations. So what I mentioned for Italy is, is it's not happening in, in Spain. But what, what is happening, for instance, is the contrast between what, what the national government in Spain does in the type of norms that it implements for associations, migrant associations, which is uh, relatively lax and flexible, and so this is increasing the, the already fragmented nature of associational life, 
and what the sending state is trying to do, that is to strengthen the organizational capacity of this, these groups. So those two views of migration and how to deal with migration obviously are, are clashing, and if we don't integrate uh, the analysis, if we keep thinking in terms of receiving and, um, and sending countries uh, alone, then uh, we don't capture that. And as I said also, if we don't integrate the, the view of, of migrants who are more or less willing to engage with the state institutions, because here the transitional point that Simona was making is, is important. When I look at southern cone immigrants who left after dramatic economic crisis, in, in really uh, think of the 2001 crisis in Argentina, you know, it's a, uh, there's there's much more than the the deprivation or the um, look for better conditions. And so it's a, it's a whole social crisis of expectations and and also of, of disappointment. Um, surveys that ex exist about this show that the the trouble they have, uh, migrants have, uh, understanding how they, their own state could expel them and the refusal they have to, to, to get in touch even with an office to, to get some information and to do some paperwork with them. So then the, the state diaspora relation is absolutely conflictive in this case and it is, is broken uh, because of the dramatic context of uh, exit at that time. And that is uh, something that if we you don't hear from, from the migrants, then probably we don't capture because there is also something that I, I find and, and I heard others in, in other panels today talking of time and, and how to conceptualize this. Um, well, these cases are showing uh, two things. Uh, the importance of time and the importance of geography. There's also some difficulty in the long distances here um, when we look at, at Mexico geographic proximity and how these links are facilitated. Well, there's nothing like that that can uh, support or, or encourage the outreach efforts of um, sending countries that are so far away uh, from migrants and from migrants who don't want to, to hear about them. Um, and then the um, um, I was saying the, the, the temporal dimension also uh, reappears here because of when I incorporate Mexico that is, is much better known but, um, but has this uh, long-term perspective that the links go back more than a century ago and uh, are highly institutionalized. Um, so then in, in the case of Mexico you can see how these policies evolve and have been going from um, uh, from assistance to recognition, from uh, protection to, uh, to linkage, from uh, support to empowerment. So nothing like that, or at least this last stage of going to, um, towards empowerment of these immigrant communities can be found in the incipient policies of the other cases. So then uh, the, um, examining these policies in a, in a non-linear way but in a, in a dynamic way um, that captures that fluidity then can explain why some of them evolve like Mexico did and, and some of this um, tend to fade in, in the case of Argentina that's clear um, and differences in, in, in the impact. Um, thank you. I, I don't think we have more time.